Hi, and welcome to Season 4 of Prairie Rose Possibilities Podcast. My name is Cami Canikins, and I will be your host as we take an end-of-year two check-in with the Prairie Rose Possibilities projects happening across our school district in southeastern Alberta. Today we are with Scott Engel, and he's actually the principal of two schools that are right beside each other. Senator Gershaw is a 4 to 12 school with about 180 students. And Island Elementary School is just across the track and field, and it has about 70 students from K to 3. And their Prairie Rose Possibilities project involves the biggest greenhouse you can imagine for a school to have, and also lots of growing opportunities. Scott, why don't you fill us in a little bit more clear on the Prairie Rose Possibility project that you have going on at your schools? We have the greenhouse, which we run basically like a commercial greenhouse. So we, we're aligned with sticker greenhouses in Redcliffe and utilize a lot of their propagated plants and a lot of a lot of their watering techniques and so on to really have a good growing season for all different vegetables within our greenhouse. We kind of look to the future. The hope is we can continue to use the plants from our greenhouse into our raised garden beds or our garden as well. But we also uh, take a lot of that produce, well, all that produce, and we uh, sell it to our school community. A lot of our school community gets fresh vegetables straight from our greenhouse that we utilize. Uh, definitely we harvest daily at this time of year. I was there a couple days ago and there's like cucumbers and tomatoes on the table and I saw the most lovely lettuce and so it's it's looking great. What do you see in the future for your Prairie Rose possibility for next year? Any any big changes on the horizon or or tweaks or iterations? Well, one thing we've really been trying to get going that we haven't got going yet is our compost. I like we would really like both schools to build compost um, to re- reduce waste, um, organic waste, and build compost into our into our gardens and to make sure that we're getting the best nutrients possible for our soil. And so that's the biggest thing we're going to make. We really want to move forward with next year. It's been a work in progress for a while now, but we need to make sure we're moving forward that in the upcoming years. That's, that's a great one. It's so important, but it's not maybe as sexy and exciting to do as, you know, growing a plant. So I, I think that's a a great direction and it fits in with so many United Nations sustainable sustainable development goals. And it's just, it's such an important part, but it's often a part that we tend to just overlook. Excellent. Um, So it's at the end of year two. Well, actually in your case, you've had the greenhouse on the go for longer than that. You've kind of added the, the growing parts in the garden and the raised beds a little bit more recently. What's something, Scott, that maybe has turned out quite differently than you might have imagined when you first got into the greenhouse and the growing aspects? I would say the, the biggest thing that turned out differently was the way the greenhouse was set up. When we first put when we first put it in, we were a little unsure about set up an automatic water and and even the fertilizer mix and, and all those things it was a lot of learning. And when we first put it in, we thought, well, we'd maybe use miracle Grow, or um, we can just have students hand water these parts and so on. And so the automation, the um, high level of mixing of different types of fertilizers to make the right mix for the certain types of plants, the amount of learning within leaching through plants, the coconut bags, like just the commercial side of it is quite a bit different than maybe what we expected at the beginning. So when we expected the beginning, well, kids would put some plants in some soil and we'd give it a go. And that really evolved as as we learned through commercial greenhouses to actually 
to use our space the best we can. It is a good size greenhouse, but at the same time, um, we do want to make sure we utilize the, get as much produce as we can from it. And I think that was one thing that was the biggest change from what we, you know, the vision was and in a good way. And so the, a lot of, a lot of learning, a lot of really utilizing that space, like the amount of, the amount of produce we get out of that is, is really good. We have, We've definitely supplied a good amount of our school community with tomatoes this year. Well, when you drive through Redcliffe, it it advertises itself as the greenhouse capital of Canada. And so that is where the Stigters greenhouse is from. And so we have access to such incredible greenhouse technology and experts really close. And so it's so neat how that partnership and that has developed over the years. And your students have learned some really technical aspects of growing in a greenhouse. When you think about your students, we can tie into that a little bit. What have you seen in them as far as growth, whether it's exposure to the greenhouse or just growing in general, or maybe even some adjacent skills? What does student growth look like as a result of your project? There's multiple areas. One is it really brings the, every science unit has plant in it. Uh, plants in it, it seems, every science curriculum. And so it really brings that curriculum to life. It allows students to, instead of talking about plants, to grow them. Uh, we also, our greenhouse class has, has the opportunity to tour people through the greenhouse as well. So they've toured through our elementary students and, and shared with them their learning. And there's been good mentorship that way. It's really good mental health component too, to be out in plants, to be outside, to be in the sunshine. And so whether they're out in the garden, with students have really enjoyed being able to basically get their hands dirty with what we're doing. And so right now we see a class out in the garden every day weeding, we watching their plants grow, get excited about seeing their plants first come out of the soil. And we all, we're also doing a spuds and tubs program through that. We have a compost business here in Rambo Island uh, run by Curtis Clark, who's really helped us with the, with putting the proper compost into our raised garden beds and even finding the different types of soil that requires and so on. It's just all learning for students and it's also learning for adults and it's great for adults to get outside and so on. Well, that's so true, Scott. One of the things that I do when I get home from work, whatever time it is, is right now I go out and I look at my garden and I, <laughs> you know, I check it out. And so that is such a mental health thing. It's just awesome. And so it's great for kids to get out there and feel that connection. Can you tell us a little bit more about the spuds in tubs? <laughs> well, that was something, it's a pilot program. Because it's a pilot program in many ways, we're, we're not even super supposed to advertise it too much because it's okay. going to get rolled out maybe a bit more next year. They actually reached out to us because they saw our greenhouse. And so they said, you'd be a good school to do this because you have a greenhouse to start these spuds and they're special, they're specialty potatoes coming out of British Columbia. The reason they're specialty is because they grow within their maturation date, I think is 74 days. And so the benefit is we can start them in March, which is when we planted them and we should be able to harvest we should be able to harvest them in June here. That was the kind of the goal to harvest them before the end of the school year. So students can potatoes grow. We measure them twice a week. And we have, right now we have to water them daily. Where are they? Where are the tubs? I, I've been out there a couple of times lately and I haven't seen your tubs. Things right now, they're almost like in a big potting plant, uh, planter. And so there's six of them in a big potting planter. We had the grade fours and fives involved in it. They're filling up that planter. And so I know... In talking with the Potato Growers Association at a table, they're looking at something different to hold them in, like whether it be a, a bag of some sort and so on. But anyways, because it's running out of space and it also it's uh, they need to be watered a lot in the way it currently is. But anyways, uh, they gr they're growing really well and 
uh, we're going to harvest him here probably in about two weeks. And so that way we're going to make fries for the end of the year. But it's a work in progress. Like I said, there's just, I think there's about five or six schools around Tabor area that are working with them. And then we're giving our feedback and it's quite scientific as well as we're measuring them. We're seeing growth, we're different waters and all those things. So fertilize them once in a while. And, and uh, yeah, it's been a really good program. Again, we have lots of potato growers around our area. It really brings home some of that. And a lot of times our potato growing kids are experts in that. They'll tell you all kinds of things that maybe anybody didn't know. So it's been really fantastic that way. It gives them a good opportunity to bring to school their learning from home. Well, Scott, you've really identified several community connections, whether it's Greenhouses, Potato Growers Association, your compost connections uh, with your community businesses. Are there any other community impacts that you'd like to draw our attention to as we wrap up for today? Well, anyone can get our produce. Realistically, we do we do supply our produce to basically any parent that comes on in. And so the community gets access to that. We also have good parent support in weeding our garden over the summer. So basically what we do is our, a family a week kind of takes ownership of the garden over the summer. And that's been a good help as well. Otherwise, the weeds would kind of take over. So people come and they harvest them. We usually have a big pumpkin harvest in October. And that's really good for Halloween and all those things. So and again, same system, we, we sell pumpkins for a, a fairly small amount of money, just enough to basically cover the seeds for the next year and just try to make it a break even program as far as that goes. And so all those things put together leads to a lot of people involved in, in what we have going on with their outside growing, whether it's the greenhouse or the or the gardens, but there is a lot of involvement uh, across our, our community. Well, and because we are such agriculture communities in Southern Alberta, the hope I guess would be that the, the parents, the families see that we are raising children to be growers and to be agriculturalists. And hopefully that is something that the parents just love to see their kids growing in at school, as well as what they might be learning from at home. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your insights into the program. I always love to hear how you're trying new things and what you've got going on. And I'm excited to hear about your pilot program. And we can't wait to see where that goes for next year. So thank you, Mr. Engel.